African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Oh, it's the African perspective. I need to get this right. Channel Africa, the African perspective. We really have a new logo now that me and you have to get used to. So, new identity. If you want to check out the new logo, go to our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One. And also, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, uh, Channel Africa, uh, where you can see our new identity. We are Channel Africa, the African perspective. I even have it here on my script and somehow i'm still used to add the african renaissance but hey we're going to shift together on this one remember when the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern africa and also we on dstv on channel 802 on the audio bouquet and remember you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za well today we had a huge surprise in south africa we're going to stick with south africa for our discussions because south africa had five Finally, they are uh, economy downgraded by standard and poor by uh, to actually junk status, which is worrying indeed. And a lot of conversations happening in South Africa due to, to this. So we'll find out what are the repercussions and how does the South African society respond to this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika, mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the African perspective. Remember, we honor the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa on DSTV within the audio bouquet channel 802. And today we're looking at what happened yesterday. All sitting in the office yesterday, just having a, uh, just a normal news day. And then all of a sudden, we just heard about uh, this big headline that uh, uh, Standard & Poor's has downgraded South Africa to junk status. We know we were 
actually seeing the RAND doing so much better last week before uh, final, former finance minister Pravin Gordon was removed to be replaced by the current minister uh, Malusuki Kaba. And uh, after that, we saw yesterday after uh, the current uh, uh, finance minister speaking, we saw the rent going down a little bit. And also then we saw later in the day the downgrade that just comes after South African president reshuffled his cabinet. Now, we know that uh, Zuma which is the president of South Africa, President Zuma, received widespread criticism by opposition parties and civil rights organizations. But what was actually big is the intention of this particular uh, cabinet reshuffle. Uh, there are those who say that the SNP held an emergency meeting over the weekend after perceptions were created that the move was intended to push through a one trillion rand nuclear deal to bail out entities like the SABC and SAA ways. But before we get to our guests for this discussion, let's listen a bit to the economist and CEO of Pan-African Investment and Research Services, uh, Dr. Raj Abidian, speaking about where this whole issue comes from. There was, there has been over the past two years. We know it, uh, business knows it, labor knows it, government knows it very well, that and the, the, the country's creditworthiness was on the edge, literally, because our growth has been coming down, 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 and going to below half a percent. So when an economy uh, is on that track, there is definitely something to, to watch for, to be careful about, uh, because no government can sustain its uh, finances, and especially a government like South Africa, where on a monthly basis has to give out welfare to a third of its population. Uh, so when growth goes down so rapidly, tax revenues dry up, borrowing goes up, and that means your creditworthiness becomes more and more and more in doubt. So yes, it has been um, since 2012. And remember, this is not a sudden thing. We've had already two downgrades precisely because of this. What has been happening, however, since December 2015 was the Minister Gordon and business and government as a whole um, and labor have been going around the globe convincing or trying to convince the capital markets that, yes, we have problems, but we are aware of it. Give us time. We'll sort it out. So this is nothing new. We've known that something has been in the pipeline. Well, that is the voice uh, of uh, Abidiana there, who is saying that there's uh, uh, nothing sudden about yesterday's uh, uh, downgrade. That's the economist and CEO of Pan-African Investment and Research Services, Dr. Iraj Abidiana. Now, let's move to the discussions uh, just to see the aftermath of this downgrade. We're joined on the line by Lulu Krugel, who's a chief economist at KPMG, as well as Patrick Bond, who's a political and economic analyst and Kiseli Jack, who is the convener of Save South Africa. Let me start with you, Lulu, in terms of looking at uh, uh, just uh, the uh, what this actually means for South Africa. Give us your thoughts, Lulu. Well, there's quite a few things that uh, that could possibly happen in the wake of this, but uh, very shortly, um, it's, it boils down to the fact that if another credit rating agency do downgrade us, uh, we will lose that investment grade status, which would mean that uh, South Africa's 
uh, or South Africa's um, spending and in, on infrastructure, etc., just got uh, quite a bit more expensive, and we will struggle to get funding in future. Mm. Um, if we look at other countries where this has happened, we've seen some of them moving into recession, so that is a possibility, mm. which could lead to uh, to slower job growth, uh, slower income growth, and potential job losses. But let's hope that we don't get there. Um, although that is the direction that things are heading unless something changes dramatically very fast. Mm, let me move to you, Patrick Bond. Your thoughts on this downgrade uh, in terms of uh, the uh, repercussions of it? I think uh, I partly agree, but um, it's not necessary that interest rates will go up. It depends on uh, whether a decision is made, as hinted on Saturday by Malusi Gagava, the new finance minister, to have a redistributive strategy that doesn't pander to these credit rating agencies. And that would require putting on exchange controls, the kind of exchange controls South Africa had from 1985 to 1995, to really stabilize and to keep the money in the country. And at that point, then interest rates could be lowered, not raised, because there would be so much money that normally floods out uh, $21 billion a year through illicit financial flows, for example. Um, and if that money was kept in the country, then we'd be in a position to lower interest rates mm. directed into both the distribution and better investment prospects. Mm. Well, let me move to you, Mkeseli Jack, in terms of uh, your thoughts around this. I know Save South Africa has been speaking about this downgrade in terms of critical uh, notions around uh, the Zuma uh, presidency. Uh, tell us a little bit about Save South Africa's views of this downgrade. Save South Africa has been aware from the beginning that uh, President Zuma is just going to wreck the economy, he's reckless, he's irresponsible, uh, to his currencies and continuous threats of uh, uh, just making policies as he goes, making utterances that are making the markets nervous and investors nervous. As a result of that, there is no question that uh, this whole saga of us being downgraded, it has nothing to do with what they call white monopoly capital or the criminality of the rating agencies. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with the way he has managed the economy, uh, raising our, our debt to levels never seen in this country at 50% of the GDP. And all those things have culminated. Those are practical things that will make any investor nervous. Remember, these rating agencies are just a representative of people who got money, who go and tell them that guy or that country is a drunkard and cannot give you my money, and you will never return your investment from him. That's what it is. Whether, whatever you like to say about them, whether they are criminal or what, that is not going to change if your behavior falls within the ambit of what really is happening in your economy. Hence, our economy has shrunk as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Let's take their own state... Uh, statistics of 0.3% in a country that grows 1.5% a year, it's, it's ridiculous. We cannot go on like this. To mop up the unemployment of this country, we will need to grow the country at more than 7% 30 years in a row, year in, year out, with no breaks, with no wastage and everything. Then we will be out. Now, with this kind of thing, we're going to reverse ourselves to the door drums completely unless people in South Africa stand up and really call for the immediate and unconditional 
resignation of President Zuma. Well, that's the political aspect, especially from Save South Africa. But I want to come back to this downgrade issue in terms of what it is, because we saw that we see the repercussion as you both highlighted, Patrick and Lulu. But what is a downgrade? What what do we mean about when we say we downgraded to junk status? Let me bring it to you, Lulu. I know that uh, practically some people are a little bit confused of who are these um, agencies as well and and, uh, these rating agencies, how dare they come to South Africa and tell us uh, how to actually deal with our domestic affairs. But what are we talking about here practically? Lulu, you can start first. So first of all, um, a country, you apply to be be rated. And uh, the reason why you do that is, uh, in order to get access to international capital markets. And yes, I agree. The rating agencies have not had a stellar record if we saw some of the things that has happened in, in the financial crisis of 2007 and eight. Um, however, as I said, we as South Africa um, actually applied to be rated um, in 1994. So it's a, it's, a, it's a choice that you make. You can also decide not to, not to be rated. And at Basically, it gives investors out there, especially if you're not a domestic investor that knows the local environment that well, an idea of the potential and perceived uh, risk of default. And in this case, this rating specifically refers to the central government or the sovereign rating. It doesn't refer to the banks. It doesn't refer to um, the rest of the South African economy, our local uh, debt and bond market, but rather uh, what is on the foreign markets or local denominated or random denominated debt. So uh, just to put people's minds a little bit at ease, not to say that it's not serious, but uh, directly we have about 200 or 210 billion rand in, in foreign debt out there. And South Africa, the central government's total debt is about 2.2 trillion. So this relates to, to that 210 billion portion, although it has knock-on effects. Um, as I said, at the end of the day, it's an indication uh, to potential investors of the riskiness and their ability of, of getting their money back. It's not flawless, but there are certain, um, certain quantitative components to it, and then there's certain judgmental components, uh, which, uh, which refers to the perceived political stability, etc., Mm, let me bring you in, Patrick. Your thoughts around these uh, um, rating agencies. I know in the political arena right now, uh, there are sections of uh, the ruling African National Congress who are questioning the credibility of uh, these uh, uh, rating agencies, some calling them dubious. Well, I would call them dubious for the reasons even Lulu agrees that they are farcical when it comes to understanding crashes, that is, 2008, they gave the AAA investment rating to the Lehman Brothers Investment Bank, and the next day it went bankrupt. So they're absolutely classical, and they paid huge fines for rating things like toxic mortgages that are predatory to African-Americans in packages, which then Goldman Sachs and the other bankers sold on to unsuspecting buyers. So yes, it's an it's a absolute swamp of a corrupted system, and any ANC cadre who believes in rating agencies really should have their head examined. But any ANC cadre who uses that excuse to try to justify a, a, a change in the cabinet that's pretty transparently about looting mm. the Treasury should also have their head examined. Mm. I think the fine balance in saying these rating agencies 
they really um, are a disaster. And they've been telling Praveen Gordon, the outgoing finance minister, to cut the budget deficit to 2.6% of GDP, extremely low amount, when the private sector is very stagnant, isn't investing a very, very weak economic activity. We desperately need a better state investment strategy. And unfortunately, it's not possible because um, the ratings agencies have used this whip behind their backs to say, if you do have a higher budget deficit, then you'll get a junk rating. Now, one of the three whips came up. That was Standard & Poor's yesterday. Two other whips are poised to whip South Africa. The problem for them is, once they've done it, then there's no going back. You, you basically mm -hmm. said to Malusi Gagaba, the new finance minister, we've already treated you as junk. Mm -hmm. And the big question then is, will Malusi Gagaba say, well, whatever. I could now put on exchange controls, lower the interest rate, have redistributed spending. These are things that he hinted at on mm. Saturday. Mm. Now, you might say that's April Fool's Day. You shouldn't trust him, <laughs> and I would agree. It's talk left, walk right all over again. Mm. But still, there is a different way forward. If Lulu, um, if, uh, if our friends in say, South Africa weren't purely defending Praveen Gordon, if they were able to say, why did Praveen Gordon run up the foreign debt so high? Why was it $70 billion when he took over? I was at 25 billion and, and Mandela took over. We've had a huge run-up of foreign debt that we shouldn't have had. Um, and the reason was for luxury mm -hmm. imports for, mm -hmm. let's be frank, people like you and me who are talking on the show. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have such abuse of foreign currency and such illicit financial flows, $21 billion a year, we might not have mm -hmm. been in this mess. So I wouldn't be at this stage saying um, purely Gigaba and Zuma are cryptos, they're, they're corrupt, without saying, yes, but we shouldn't have allowed um, South Africa to become so vulnerable to international finance that a junk rating. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that to Mkuseli just after this break. It's 11.22 Central African time. I need to take a quick break. You're listening to African Dialogue. Remember, you can interact with us on at African Dialogue. That's our Twitter handle, at African Dialogue. We're asking the questions, how do you think citizens will be affected by South Africa's creating a credit rating rather to junk? Tweet us your thoughts there. How do you think citizens will be affected by South Africa? Africa's credit rating to junk and uh, give us your thoughts at uh, African Dialogue. That's our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One. Let's say a quick break. We'll be back. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-447-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America... Simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective.
Well, how do you think citizens will be affected by South Africa's credit rating to junk? At African Dialogue is our Twitter handle, or you can give us your thoughts on our other handle at Channel Africa One. Remember, it's the number one, the numeric one, at the end of Channel Africa there. I'm joined on the line by Patrick Bond, a political and economist analyst who is with us uh, uh, on the line, and Lulu Krugel, who's a chief economist at KPMG. I also have Nkiseli Jack. Uh, from Save South Africa, a convener at Save South Africa. Some uh, very important uh, views brought there by uh, Patrick Bond there, saying that it seems like uh, it's been a long overdue uh, consequence what we see right now, that South Africa, uh, since even the presidency of uh, Nelson Mandela, we have been indebted to a foreign currency there. It's been a huge problem for a long time. It's not necessarily uh, something that we can just fix to uh, the Zuma presidency? Oh, yeah, I think his presidency exacerbated our situation. And, uh, yeah, so we, before that, the, we should have uh, followed an economic plan, economic policy, which they have developed after they have dropped the, the gear program mm. or policy. Mm. All right? They didn't replace it with nothing. Mm. That is where the problem lies. I mean, at the time when gear was in place, we were consolidating our fiscal position and the monetary policies and making sure that the country is really run properly in order to give confidence to take off for investors to watch us in an economy where they, are, uh, they could uh, secure their return on their investment. But that didn't happen. Uh, President Zuma just started to create new uh, policies as it goes. Mm-hmm. And then that is the main thing that has led to uh, uh, these guys deciding that they must. Remember, for example, look, I mean, uh, Russia, as bad and corrupt as it is, but simply because there, that guy got a little bit of policy in place, except that, of course, the, 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 the investors are running away after being swindled by the by the uh, oligarchs there that wants their money. But otherwise, if you've got a policy, at least that you believe in as the president or as the state or the government, it's a good start. Once you start to be a, a government that doesn't have believe in anything, then you're going to get into this trouble that we are in. So our cost of borrowing money is going to be so high, it's not going to be affordable to the extent that very soon we are going to go cap in hand to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank and all those institutions that our our people, our so-called mm. leftists hate so much, but they create the conditions so that we go to the... But anyway, I have to ex- be excused. Mm. Thank you very much for the... Well, thank you video. thank you for giving us your time. That's Nkaseli Jack, who's from uh, Save South Africa, giving us uh, his view there. There's a big criticism on President Zuma by Save South Africa and also there's a huge... Uh, um, conversation happening on the intention to push through uh, a one trillion rand nuclear deal and to bail out entities like SABC and SA Airways that 
is why this uh, particular uh, reshuffle of cabinet was actually a move by President Zuma. Speaking about President Zuma, he's on newsroom on SABC right now, uh, speaking about launching a new trans-African locomotive. Uh, do can we even afford that currently right now? So those contradictions already uh, coming out. Lula, I want to come back to you there. Uh, that question of South African policy and actually dealing with things in terms of our uh, borrowing culture here. Do you think it's something that we should be focusing on as highlighted there by Patrick Bond and also uh, fairly by um, Keseli Jack? Lulu, are you there with me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. okay. Sure. No, absolutely. Our uh, The debt situation which we are in now um, has been growing over time. We currently sit at, at a position where uh, total debt to GDP uh, from the government side is about 50% of GDP. And it means that we have what we are having to pay back in interest, um, if it was a government department, would have become the biggest government department. So it locks up cash that can be used in other areas. Mm. We were pretty successful in the early 2000s until the mid-2000s with high economic growth and expanding tax base um, and uh, and uh, the manage, to manage down that debt to about 20, 29% of GDP. So unfortunately, that, the high levels of debt, combined with the low economic growth, combined with lower tax collections. We also saw yesterday that SARS uh, said that they came out um, below, mm. below expectations in terms of tax collections. Mm. It's like a, a normal person's budget. You know, if you have debt, you don't get the income. And your spending, then the combination of that um, uh, does become does become problematic if your income's not growing. If your income or the economy is growing, then then great. Sometimes it is a bit of a chicken and an egg situation. You need to spend uh, to get the economy growing, but unfortunately, we have not been there, and hence we are. This is not this is not something we can squarely lay, uh, you know, now say, oh, but it's the new Minister of Finance that has caused this. Um, that is not the case, although, you know, the the movement and the shuffle of mm. Ministers of Finance obviously created uncertainty um, with a lot of people, but it is something that has been coming for some time. Patrick, uh, your thoughts on this borrowing culture? Yes, it's a borrowing culture in several ways. The, the critical problem is uh, that high growth in the early period of the century, 2002 to 2007, roughly our, our peak years, getting up to 5% a year was partly fueled by consumer credit, and it took the um, debt-to-income uh, ratio to unprecedented highs and left about half the borrowers, mm-hmm. um, of around 20 million borrowers, about 10 of those million, are in what's called credit-impaired status, so they have trouble repaying, so three months or more behind. That over-borrowing is one part, part of the problem, and it did create economic growth, but in a bubbly way, uh, along with the commodity price bubble. Hey, but look, the big dilemma it's not really the government debt. That's, it's true, 50% of GDP. It's relatively high. It was 30%. That deficit back in, uh, what year would that be, uh, 2011 or so was the sort of best year for keeping it low. And we've had a lot of borrowing since then. And I think the main thing then is, have we got foreign debt under control? Because that's the danger. That's where the International Monetary mm-hmm. Fund or the BRICS mm-hmm. Contingent Reserve Arrangement looms over and might actually take a much uh, stronger control of the society. It's one of those awful periods when if we don't um, try to get a, a, a grip on foreign debt through exchange controls, maybe questioning 
some of the correct debt, the World Bank loan from a DP that was full of Hitachi Chancellor House corruption, the biggest loan in their history. We can't question that. We might be in trouble. And I hope the new finance minister might actually be brave and do something like that, begin mm. to question inherited debt. Because it is, just like Wendy says, it's the critical problem. Once we get exchange control and stop the outflows of funds, then it could be redirected. And the interest rate then could be lowered, she'd have to admit Mm. Well, I want to come back to the fact that, uh, you know, we also have this uh, culture in the last two years, which was highlighted earlier, uh, that uh, of chopping and changing and reshuffling uh, this finance ministry. And it seems very central to the uh, South African economy, just like any finance ministry in other country is. But there seems to be a lot of moving around in terms of this finance ministry, uh, Patrick, and it creates some form of uh, misperceptions about about uh, how the purse of South Africa is being utilized. That's true, and uh, you definitely can make a critique of Zuma in a very defensive way, trying to pack a cabinet with his supporters and open up uh, a very, very large group of uh, um, sort of allies who are in the patronage system, and they apparently are also strongly pro uh, Zuma as Gupta, and that, that is very, very worrying. The kinds of people that are uh, still in the cabinet, like Dr. Bidet Lamini, who had made such a big mess of the uh, Social Security grant. Um, and plenty of others remain. And a good person like Praveen Gordon has passed out. And that's really, I think, to be seen properly as Jacob Zimbabwe's mm. patronage last gasp. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap it up uh, with you, Lulu and Patrick, uh, just to see how do we as ordinary consumers, how do we respond to this? Because I'm sure we need to now start tightening our uh, purses as well and uh, being very responsible in this particular climate because the future really looks very, very unpredictable for the poor of South Africa and very unpredictable for the middle class. Let's take a quick break. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We broadcast from Johannesburg in South Africa and our main aim is to provide you with news, views, knowledge and entertainment from Africa to Africans and listeners from around the world. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Diana Wanyonye in Mombasa. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbara Munjarere in Johannesburg. Channel Africa, Kinshasa, Jean-Noël Bamweze. Reporting for Channel Africa from Zambia, I am Hilda Kekelwa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, giving you that African narrative. That's Channel Africa giving you the African perspective. We're going to wrap things up with Lulu Krugel, the chief economist at KPMG, and Patrick Bond, who is a political and economic analyst, who's also uh, a lecturer at VITS. But let me uh, come to you, Lulu, in terms of how should we ordinary citizens in South Africa uh, respond to this? Yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of South African citizens don't have a lot of leeway at the moment in terms of, you know, having um, savings. We've already tapped into our savings, etc., uh, to to help us survive this. Very basically, I would say 
um, you know, keep try and keep debt to the minimum. It's something that we need to do in any event. You know, try and pay off any debt that you might have. Um, and uh, hopefully, I also uh, my 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 hope for all of us in the country is that uh, you know those of us that are lucky enough that ha- to have jobs can keep those jobs because I do not think um, our job gr- or our, our job growth or this in- our income growth would be uh, what we were hoping for. Mainly, you know, and and also in terms of investment, don't act too harshly. Don't suddenly now you know um, go and and take all your investments out of wherever it is. Um, you know, stay calm and, and, and get it advice if you are in a position lucky enough. Most of us are not, don't. Most South Africans don't have any investments. But if you do, go and speak to a professional and look at what your options are. Don't be too too hasty now. And, uh, you know, maybe just we need to keep calm as well. Hysteria is also not uh, the way to go. Patrick, your thoughts on how citizens can respond? I know the poor are also going to be squeezed a little bit tighter as well in already very difficult situations. It's true, but I'm glad you said citizens because if you're just a consumer, you're just a victim of a sort of narrow mindset, the market is moving all around, you can't mm-hmm. do much interest rate. That's not the way. I, I don't think the, the, the country and the continent has been reacting. They have been, as you say, citizens. So what did Praveen Gorilan ask? He said, it's unashamedly, quote, unashamedly encouraging mass mobilization, end quote. He says, South Africa has a strong history of mass mobilization to ensure that people shall govern. So isn't that the most appropriate way to, to end up? It's to say not only to those um, in South Africa, but the, the African continent listening. When you see tyranny, when the contradictions of pursuing a neoliberal pro-corporate policy suddenly bubble up, and you get a right-wing populist turn. It might be disguised as some left-wing rhetoric, but all across the continent, you know, starting with the Arab Spring, Tunisia in uh, January 2011, and, mm-hmm. and then all across the continent, the masses of people have been organizing when they see this kind of dictatorial and destructive behavior by their elite. But let's not forget, while we're criticizing the likes of Zuma and the Gupta family, the kind of corrupt patronage system, we'll also have to be very aware that it shouldn't be uh, a matter of choosing between that and a neoliberal system that the big ratings agencies and, and frankly, uh, companies like KPMG have been pushing on South Africa that just put this continent <laughs> into bigger debt and more export-oriented uh, kind of policies, and that really hasn't delivered the goods, and it can't. That, that would be my suggestion. I just think say. that you just uh, were uh, uh, just... Uh, focused on KPMG very, very nastily there, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Patrick. But thank you to Patrick. Thank you for your insights. We always enjoy you having on our show, Patrick Bond, a political and economic analyst. Lulu, thank you as well. That's Lulu Krugel, Chief Economist at KPMG, uh, for giving us your time. Thank you both uh, for your analysis. Thank you very much. Well, that takes us uh, to 11.39 or so. And uh, give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle, at Channel Africa 1, at Channel Africa 1. Remember, we are no longer uh, have our old uh, uh, motto. We've got a new motto now, the African Perspective. I think that's very much catchy, the African Perspective, Channel Africa. You want to check out our new logo, go to our Twitter handle, Channel Africa 1, or at uh, our um, Facebook page, Channel Africa. It's very slick. 
music. It's very minimalistic, I have to say, and uh, it's very, very much uh, right in your face. So go check it out on uh, our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at our Facebook page on Channel Africa. Hey, how to wrap up this conversation? Lucky Dube, we know that he's hailed all over the continent. Uh, may his soul rest in peace, our South African uh, reggae artist. This one is titled very much uh, accurately Money, Money, Money.
Oh man, what a beautiful voice there. Hey, did you hear that saxophone? We're talking about that saxophone there in that song by Lucky Dube. This one is a beautiful one titled Money, Money, Money. Oh, you can never forget that voice of the incredible Lucky Dube. Till tomorrow, God bless.